Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Hey everybody, it's Joe Trippy, and welcome back to That Trippy Show. This is it. The final weekend before Election Day. Seems fitting. By my count, this is our 150th episode and our last before Election Day. Although hopefully there'll be plenty after. Alex, where should we get started today? Oh man, 150. That's crazy. I almost want to apologize to people that have been listening that long. No, no, we've been, we've gotten some pretty good guests and I don't know, it's been fun doing it and uh, we're going to continue, but we won't be doing a Monday show the day before the election. Alex and I will have plenty to be taking care of last minute details and also nervous calls to pollster friends and others uh, and and early vote counters and things like that. But anyway, uh, let's get going on this one. Uh, and by the way, thanks everybody for listening and putting up with us all this time. Well, that's actually where I want to go first, not the putting up with us thing, but the what that kind of nervous <laughs> final weekend actually looks like. And I just wanted you as, as someone who's run more campaigns than I can count to kind of take listeners in, into what that final push weekend looks like. Like what are campaigns doing right now? I guess people are listening to this on a Friday. So that that Friday through like Monday, Tuesday, besides obviously sending one more email asking for $6, otherwise the world's going to end. It, you know, to be honest with you, it's a part of the, the angst uh, that starts today, you know, on Friday as you're listening to this is, look, all the spots have already been cut uh, and trafficked. You might be making one traffic change or adding one new spot in that you decide to get into the final rotation for, you know, the last weekend, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And the same thing with digital, of course. I mean, all what I'm saying is all those, all those have been cut and produced unless something really crazy is happening and you're and you're forced to make something on Friday and try to get it up in time or get it into into the digital targets. But for the most part, it's all done. Even the spot that you might be putting up uh today, Friday, is something that you you made yesterday at, at the latest, uh, maybe in the wee hours of the morning. I've been there. But once that's all done, it's kind of like there's not a whole lot a campaign manager at the top of the campaign can do. Either you've got a great field director and a, who's who's built a strong get-out-the-vote operation, and it's humming. And all the different departments and things in the campaign, and it's even down to a congressional race, you know, there can be some last minute spin with press to try to, you know, encourage people 
or hit your opponent one more time or you know basically put spin out there or put some press thing out there that that makes the contrast you want but essentially it's all either humming or it's not yeah and if it's not there's not there you know there's really not a whole lot you can do you know in the dean campaign in Iowa for example you know our pollster we knew things were falling apart for a good 10 days before the you know the caucus day but you're kind of limited you, it's not like you can go out there and start saying i mean you don't want to to say hey hey folks uh it's it, you know things are moving away from us uh in fact you've got to go out and continue to to push and try to get your votes your voters to engage and turn out when you're in that situation and so it turns out that the big surprise on uh, you know, on caucus day of taking third was no surprise to any of us. We we knew we saw it in our numbers. We saw it in our uh, voter contacts and we saw it in our nightly tracking, but you just keep pushing. But in that kind of situation, like I said, either everything is humming, including your candidate. And by the way, in the races that we're seeing out there today, all these, you know, l- literally one point races, Probably the best thing the campaign manager, I've done it, you, you, you just put yourself on the phone bank. Yeah, you do a press call when it comes in, that kind of thing. But it, it, at this point, every, every push, everybody whose job is sort of done is, you know, knocking you put doors. into work, yeah. knocking doors, uh, putting them on the phone bank, uh, trying to turn out votes. And in these, these races that we're seeing, it's going on right now in a lot of headquarters. Well, I remember phone banking with you multiple times. I mean, it, some campaigns will say, look, you're clearly from out of state. I do not sound like I'm from Alabama, so they don't want right. me going to knock doors. But uh, that seems like pretty par for the course. I do think this kind of sheds some light on why there have been so many just terrible Republican polls that have come out in the last two weeks to try to kind of have this narrative that Democrats are foundering because it's pretty much like the momentum at this point is pretty much locked. And this gets to like, okay, so whatever's going to happen pretty much at this point is going to happen. Yeah, this doesn't mean don't work hard this weekend, but like in terms of the big campaign shaking moments, we're knock on wood most of the way past that point. So now it's more, how do you keep up the pressure, keep doing what you know is working, and then just head down through the finish line for election day and hope we don't have that red mirage come true? Well, you got to have you, have, you still have to have the rapid response. I mean, that your opponent could screw up. Uh, you've got, you know, Trump going into some of these states. Uh, he's likely to say something. I mean, there's things that can happen here that you want to be prepared for and you want to jump on. But essentially at this stage, it is, uh, and you're right about the creation of what may turn out to be a red mirage by just all these Republican uh, cheap kind of online and, and, and you know, the, the methodology is suspect of all these, uh, this flood of Republican polls in these key races that, you know, suddenly show uh, a big change and has the press already doing, gosh, doom and gloom with Democrats. And, and, and you know, uh, I was watching uh, Doug Jones on CNN this uh, Thursday afternoon. And, the, you know, the first question is, what did Democrats do wrong? Like we've already lost. Uh, I mean, it's literally taken over the narrative, which is just insane when you look at the early vote being up there, the number of women in the early vote, the number of young people in the early vote, the lead Democrats have 
in most of these states with, where there is early voting. And the fact when they, even when they talk about it, there's lower energy on the, the Democratic side, first of all, it's like, yeah, 68% of Republicans are very energized and 64% of, Repu- of Democrats. It's not like there's a big, big uh, difference in, in that interest in the race. But the other side of that is Democrats, we have a really strong door-to-door get-out-the-vote that we didn't have during COVID. And I think that not being able to hit the doors uh, hurt us in some of those close races. But this year we do, and I keep saying to people, look, there are a lot of Democrats who, yeah, they're not quite as interested in the race. They may not be as focused on it. Today, it's Friday. They still right now don't have a clue that Tuesday morning, they're going to start getting contacted. I mean, they'll get contacted over this weekend for sure, but they may not know, you know, until that door knock happens on on Tuesday, pleading with them to go, that they're voting. And so they 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 kind of when they get asked by a pollster right now, are you intending to vote? Oh, I don't know. You know, they don't they don't make it into the the extremely interested column. But we're very good at that. The Republicans aren't. They have to count on um you know people deciding on their own being energized we we count on that too but then we have mechanisms where we we're knocking on doors we're calling people and in a lot of our neighborhoods we can not only go door to door but we can help people get to the polls i mean you know we can we 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 got this down and that gets to sort of like the last minute money things because again the placing uh, you know buying digital buying television those kinds of things uh, you know, your last piece of mail dropped days ago. You already paid for the postage and the printing. So any money that's pouring in right now is a big help. But the what it's what it's going into are the things that you can still spend on. You can still put money in GOTV. You can still put it into digital targets. And a lot of that may be geared at make sure you vote, you know, uh, uh, kind of messaging. But there are significant things that can be done and make a difference, particularly, look, when some of these races, I mean, I bet you some of these House races are going to be decided by 500 votes and, and some of these Senate races, as we saw uh, in, in 2020 and 2018, you know, 1,000 votes can decide it, you know, 10,000 votes in a, in a big Senate race or even closer. And all these races are within one point or two. So I think, you know, look, at this point, it's more the angst and the worrying and putting yourself to good use. And what I've often done, as you know, is instead of checking out and just sitting there like a zombie worried for two or three days, you know, jump on the phones. Uh, uh, hell, I mean, I've even, you know, been, you know, running out food and, and stuff to, to volunteers that are, that are knocking on doors. But be useful. You know, that, that's the, the most important thing. You know, you haven't lived until you've driven a van like literally full of Little Caesars $5 pizzas around to people waiting in line to vote <laughs> saying, which is Ill- illegal in some places now, which is yeah, yeah. pretty you wild. You can't even do water in some places now, but, which is- But I will of, never it, forget it, it, that smell. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, by the way, if you are interested in making a last minute impact, you still can. A shift on the doors. I know Joe and I will pro- probably both be on the phones this weekend texting, calling. Um, I text while I call which is probably not great, but 
helps you get even more people out. Uh, if you want to know where to do it, uh, we have a really cool action center at action.jointheunion.us. You can just click on a state where you want to go and you can sign up to volunteer with a partner. It's almost all get out the vote now. So at this point, if you're worried, for example, you don't want to call someone who might be a Trumpy Republican, you don't want to get in an argument on the phone. At this point, most of our universes are go get people to the polls and it's friendly people who will say, oh, thanks for the reminders. So please take a couple hours this weekend. Yeah. No one's out there doing persuasion right now, trying to talk somebody, uh, you know, into switching. That's not, but those days are over. It's now getting the vote out, which is what most midterms really are anyway. I do think, you know, one of the things is, you know, focus on if if you know young people, if you have someone in your household. Or, you know, talk to them, talk to them about how important it is to vote. A good example, Tom Bonnier, uh, the CEO of Target Smart, found some interesting data that suggests that young voter turnout on Election Day is going to be really critical. Uh, So campaigns right now uh, could do things like up their digital spends aimed at those voters and switch GOTV campaigns to focus more on young targets. But you can, too. A lot of this is going to be your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers talking to them, making sure they have a plan to vote, but also focus on younger voters who I think are the, the, the interesting thing about some of the data is that where they're, where Democrats are not reaching their early vote targets, a lot of people, a lot of Democrats are saying to pollsters that they are going to vote on election day. And, you know, that can be. COVID related. I mean, a lot of people did vote by mail because of COVID. And now that and now feel like, hey, I can go in person and I want to vote in person. It's that important to me. Uh, but we need to encourage people and we need to really uh, focus on young people because that's going to be a critical, critical element in, in a lot of these races. If they turn out, we win. And so that's that's a big focus of campaigns right now or should be. So one person who is doing quite a bit of last minute door to door and campaigning is uh, President Obama. I think I saw he's out in Pennsylvania. He's going to some battleground house races, places like Florida, California, a few other spots. At this point in a cycle, how big can a President Obama or a Biden or any surrogate have really on, on how a race shapes up? It's all about energizing the base now. And I think, uh, you know, and doing it in a way that is not does not push away swing voters. So like, for instance, the president's speech on, uh, on the threat to democracy, I think is, is a speech that one needs to be made. It's the truth. Democracy is on the ballot. Uh, and if the president of the United States can't make that clear to people who can, but at the same time, uh, that's, that does, I think, energize some folks or, or make some some of the democratic base or pro-democracy base think, yeah, geez, I, I, I need to vote. I need to think about that. I need to think about doing it. And so that, that increases there. But also, if you're a swing voter and you are worried about inflation and maybe Dobbs or maybe uh, the threat to democracy that you see uh, with some of these uh, mega cult candidates that are out there, there's hundreds of them on the ballot, it doesn't I don't think that kind of speech pushes you away. It doesn't make you go, oh, oh, here they, you know, I, there they go. I'm not, uh, I'm going to 
you know, go vote Republican now. I don't think uh, I'm going to go vote MAGA now. I'm not sure that that right. That there's You're not giving anybody there. an off ramp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and I think same with Obama. I mean, I think clearly uh, it's about energizing people. It's about you know those those last minute rallies. Uh, they're going to get covered, and they make they they're catching people's attention, and that's sort of where I really kind of think it's going to be interesting to see what the Trump impact is now that he's traveling to four or five states, I think, in these final final days. I think he's in, in, is he in Iowa today or tomorrow. I don't remember. but Which the fact that he's in Iowa, I think it's today. Yeah. But it is yeah. wild that he is in Iowa. That's Thursday. We're talking about this on Friday. So yeah, he, yeah. He's, he's there. But I mean, the, the right. One, we've been, you know, as you know, I was out in Iowa and, and we've had a couple shows on it. Uh, and Mike Franken is really pushing on Grassley. Uh, he's still, I think, backed by a couple of points, but he's he's right. And Grassley's like at 46, which is really a bad place uh, for an incumbent to be, even though we may have one or two at, sitting in the same place. It doesn't mean Grassley's not going to win, uh, but it certainly means he's in trouble. And I think the fact that Trump's going there is, you know, it, is indicative of... <laughs> Grassley must be in a problem. I don't think they're going to, he wants Trump there to come into the state if, if he's going to, you know, walk away, if he's walking away with, with the race. Uh, and, you know, and the other thing though, is where they're taking, he, Trump's going to the, uh, the Northwest corner of Iowa, which is probably the MAGA quadrant of Iowa. I mean, the biggest. That's like Sioux City. That's getting close yeah. to like South Dakota, Nebraska. Yeah, Woodbury County, all up there. So, you know, obviously I think this is about Grassley needs help getting that that vote out. And so, you know, we'll, we'll see if uh, Trump can make the difference. I mean, the one thing you and I know uh, from 2017, when Trump came in, I think on a Friday uh, into Pensacola to the, the same exact thing, uh, an area of, the, of Alabama where the market was Trump country. We saw Roy Moore surge. I think it was three or four points. Uh, on Saturday, he was, it, it dissipated to three. On Sunday, it dissipated to two. On Monday, that energy collapsed to just one up for Moore. And on election day, on Tuesday, we won by 22,000 votes. So the one thing about Trump, the good news is he can't be everywhere in enough time to hold it. So in other words, what happens in that quarter of, of Northwest uh, Iowa may energize some people, but what we've, we saw in our tracking is it, it, it sort of like dissipates pretty quickly. And so these other places where he's, he's coming in, it'll be interesting to see what his schedule looks like. You know, where is he the, the night before, uh, you know, on Monday night? Uh, but but that's, that's the same thing's true uh, for Obama, for any of the, you know, for, for Mayor Pete or anybody uh, out there that, that is out there campaigning, you know, Doug Jones has been out there pretty consistently in a lot of these target places talking to, to voters with a strong message of, uh, you know, given his record of working across party lines with Republicans and, and calling out that Franken is that would be that kind of Democrat, uh, that kind of independent Democrat that, that can, uh, that they can vote for knowing They'll get things done for the people of, of Iowa uh, and not just uh, follow orders like Grassley has been doing for the last, uh, you know, I guess six years now. So lost touch with Iowa for sure. 
following our mini game here of does this matter or not with four days left i mean do any of these polls that you've seen in the last couple of days matter like anything that you saw that you're just like wow that is just wild Oh yeah, those are all kinds of polls that are all are are just wild. I mean, you know, uh, uh, I mean, you look at the under the hood and look at the at the data, you know, in the cross tabs, and it's like the polls they don't even add up a lot of them. So no, at this stage, I mean, look, well, and you saw this in Alabama. I mean, we had two tracking polls a night. I mean, one that came in at one thirty in the morning and one came in at three thirty in the morning. That's the only; those are the only numbers. I I ever looked at. I mean, you know, every other there could have been ten polls from you know fr- from solid Democratic pollsters, Republicans, Fox, whatever. I never paid any attention. I paid attention to to ours because I trusted our data and, and our pollsters. So my guess is in Warnock land, in Fetterman land, in uh, in Ohio, Arizona, uh, Nevada, all North Carolina, all these places, they're tracking. They know exactly. You know, they're not. They're not looking at, oh, you know, a minus three poll when they know they are up two. And if, by the way, if you're faced with a minus three poll and your poll says you're up two, you b- believe your poll. By, and, and I would turn that around. If your poll says you're down by three, but there's public polling that says you're up by two, don't believe the up by two. You're down by three. You better be, you know, no stone unturned, nothing fight to the end, run through the tape, believe your your numbers and no one else's. That's what's going on. Now, a lot of these campaigns will turn their tracks off as well right now. Uh, this may be, you know, Thursday night, last night, when you hear this, may have been the last night that they, they, they track. Part of that's because, okay, you've been tracking and you've been minus two, minus two, minus one, minus two, minus one, plus one, minus one. It, Okay, you you figured out it's a dead heat. Uh, by right. the way, all those numbers I just rattled off are the same number, uh, whether you were plus one or minus one. You're, it's the same number every night, and you know it. And so, okay, we know you know that's what, now what kept us going was it was minus four, minus three, minus two. Let's keep watching one more night. Minus one, hold your breath. Win by twenty two thousand votes. So I mean, there, there's it, it, you know you can make that call about whether you're going to keep looking or not. Um, but most of these campaigns, I think, will, will, will turn their tracks off. It really doesn't do you any good. Even the, our Monday poll that had us uh, down one, I mean, great. What Other than the, the thrill of watching it go down by a point every night, it didn't change a damn thing we did, right? I mean, right. We, we just, but we had the money, you know, and it, it, it's, it, it was no big deal to keep it going. I don't mean that. But I think just uh, you're asking, you know, as a campaign manager, what's going on right now? My guess is a Thursday night. No one likes to poll on Fridays and Saturdays anyway, because, you know, people are doing other things besides answering their phones on Friday and Saturday nights. So, you know, Thursday night was probably the last track for a lot of these. And, you know, uh, it doesn't really matter what a public poll says over the weekend or on Monday. Well, let me give you an example. So this is Thursday afternoon when we're recording this. There are four new polls coming out in Georgia today, and I'm just going to read you all of them. Warnock plus five, Warnock plus two, Walker plus four, Walker plus seven. Three of those, probably all of them, are going to be pretty wrong. Like 
it is crazy that on the Thursday before election day, anyone would put stock in a 12 point spread on public polling. Yeah, well, I mean, again, it's all turnout at this point, right? I mean, the polls are predicated on some model of what they think turnout will be. Unsurprisingly, Republican pollsters kind of have a, a really a view of that tends to show a higher Republican turnout model. <laughs> and by the way, I'm sure Democratic pollsters, you know, I'm not saying it, but it's all based on a turnout model. And it's, it's, it's just not possible to get it right uh, at this stage of the game. These polls were useful a couple of weeks ago, looking at whether, you know, uh, change, not again, not the head to head so much, but, you know, was, was Walker's unfavorable going up? Was Warnock's unfavorable going up? What, what, were people moving from being concerned about Dobbs uh, to being concerned about something else, right? I mean, it, it, that's what I'm saying. You, it's good to, to do that so you can think through what your messaging is going to be on television, what, who your targets are going to be in digital, what doors you need to knock. I mean, so you can look at, uh, at a, a simple question in the poll, like, you know, who's interested in voting? Where's the interest? And if you find that, you know, women under 35 are with you 70-30, but in the head-to-head, but have a very low interest in turning out. Well, okay, that tells you where to aim your digital, where to get some phones going, who to be calling. I mean, so they're all very useful that way. But at this stage, whether you're, you know, now, like I said, Warnock may have woken up to a, a plus five poll, a plus two poll, Walker plus four, Walker plus seven, but none of those were his. In uh, their track, if it shows Walker up three, that's what, and, and by the way, all these numbers that you just rattled off are, you know, essentially, well, three of them could be the same number, you, you know, if you have a margin of error of four or three, something like that. You know, the plus seven, even if you look at the plus seven for Walker as being a, an, an outlier, and I don't know, you didn't tell me who made, who conducted these. So I'm assuming the Walkers uh, being plus are Republican uh, and not public. Uh, companies, uh, you know, news agencies, but maybe I'm wrong, could be Fox. Yeah, that's a safe assumption. But my point is that um, at this stage, you're looking at your last track and you're, you just, you, you might be, like I said, fine tuning where those last GOTV efforts are going to be. If you're seeing that you've got a lead with a, with a, with a demographic group or even geographically that you've got a lead in an area but that that area is just, you know, it looks less likely to turn out or that demographic looks less likely to turn out than some of your other numbers. You may use that last track to make some last minute digital and get out the vote decisions, but that's about it. It's all, it's all cooked other, other than that. And like I said, I, I don't think, I think we were a luxury uh, that we had right. two tracks. We were the only thing in town in 2017. So we, it, we, we, it, we had um, the luxury of, of multiple tracks, mul- you know, every night. I think the only night we didn't track was Thanksgiving. I think I it remember, was Thanksgiving right? night. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't, we, we, we tracked every single night. Cause I night. remember That's getting also, up on Thanksgiving day. Cause we tracked the night before. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, and I think that, you know, when you, when you think about it, you know, we, that's why, that's how we saw 
that when the Washington Post uh, dropped the story on on Roy Moore about about the accusations, uh, you know, from those young girls, you know, that the, the Post broke uh, about the allegations of pedophilia, everybody in the, you know on the networks, cable networks, were saying. That's it. Roy Moore is dead. And you and I are looking at a poll where he's actually moving up four points ahead of us because the Washington elites had attacked our our man, Roy Moore. And Trump was was trumpeting that it was all a hoax and a, a Washington elites uh, going after. But we saw that, you know, the uh, by the way, I would have thought the same thing. Right. That's what I'm trying to say. Sometimes you think, oh, man, this is deadly. It's going to kill him. How many times have we thought that about Herschel Walker, by the way? and that's what people don't get is that like these uh, these women who are are calling him out for paying for abortions who have receipts very reminiscent of of Roy Moore and and how the maga base was ready and prepared to buy that it was Washington elites out to get him or that these women have a grudge or you know all that so they just fell right in line and it was actually helpful to him for a while. And like I said, we 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 barely pulled that one out. And of course, in 2020, in a presidential turnout, that wasn't barely was not going to be an option. We knew that. So, Joe, we're just about out of time, but there's a number you referenced earlier that I think bears getting into a little more. And it, it, we've been tracking all these early vote numbers. We had John Ralston in on Monday, and he's been updating the early vote blog. But a lot of the assumptions people have been making this cycle are. Democrats are voting early, we're banking votes, but Republicans are just going to come out like crazy and and kind of overwhelm in some of these states on election day. There's a new new survey out that I, I may put a little bit of cold water on that theory. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty interesting. It's a Pew survey uh that uh was released that shows Democrats also intend to vote more on election day than in the past. I mentioned that early on. It was the it is this Pew study in 2020. 20% of voters uh, voted early in 2022, of Democrats, I think, in 2022, uh, th- that said, excuse me, I should, let me rephrase that. Yes, it's a Pew survey uh, that recently was released that shows that Democrats also tend to vote more on election day than in the past. I mentioned earlier that, you know, because of COVID, yes, a lot of Democrats did vote by mail. In 2020, 20% of our voters showed up on election day. In 2022 in the survey, it's jumped to 34% of Democrats intend to vote on election day. So if in other words people are saying hey in some of these states why in Nevada's one of them I think that in Clark County the number of Democrats being banked as early voter you know as mail-in voters or early mail voters uh is is down when you look at at 2020 and 2018, it, the margins we need. But when you actually sort of factor in this study uh, and this survey, there's a reason because fewer Democrats are going to vote by mail this year. COVID's not around. And they intend, after, you know, with COVID being gone in their view, that they want to vote in person. That the, Like a lot of things that we're seeing where people can do things in person again, they're doing it. Republicans, uh, by the way, in, in, uh, uh, 2020, 50% of them voted on election day. And this time in this survey, 54% say they're voting on election day this time. So overall, you got 33% of, of, of people say who voted on election day in 2020. 
And it's now looking like it's going to be 42% this time, at least how they answered the survey. And again, that's 14-point jump for Democrats, a four-point jump for Republicans, who already, many of them already planned on voting on Election Day. They, they've been turned off by, you know, you know the, the fraud of mail voting and drop boxes and all that stuff that, that Trump and, and the MAGA cult have, have built in. But this is, I think, pretty significant because, you know, the expectation has been in some of the, particularly like in a place like Nevada, we have to bank votes early because we all know Republicans are going to vote on Election Day. And if you don't see enough Democratic votes voting early, then you have to, you, you just got to pray people show up on Election Day. Well, right, they're telling us they're going to show up on Election Day. And, and also young people are saying they are they are too. Now, that's a little scary. That's why I kept saying early in the early part of the show, talk to everybody you know under 35. I've got uh, three of those in my family, but I'm pretty sure they're all going to vote. But I want to make sure and talk to them about it. And uh, yeah, so, you know, Alex, um, this does sort of make me feel like with, both with the the way the Republicans have dropped poll after poll here. In the final, you know, showing uh, some of them just don't even like they just don't make any sense at all in terms of like when you look at at the demographics or the geographic of the poll, it makes no sense. But their numbers are, you know, all, all looking really good for Republicans. So you have that. You have this whole, geez, will Democrats vote on Election Day because they're not, you know, even though we're outdoing <laughs> on early vote on a percentage basis for the last two si- cycles. In some places, you know, right on the edge of, of meeting those those thresholds. When you look at that, and you look at you know, I think the get out the vote operation that most of our candidates in, in in these states have or in their districts have, I do think that there's still a very good chance that we'll have. And then, of course, how votes are counted. They have elections counted first, absentees and mail-ins counted last. That we could have another, you know, red mirage situation uh, show up, and and so we'll have to, you know, and I think that's the other thing. I think the president in his speech was trying to, to you know, point out to people that um, it's going to take time to get these votes counted, and and you know, again, part of that is the rules in Pennsylvania. You're not allowed to even touch and open up the envelopes of mail-in or absentee ballots, even though they've been sitting there all stacked up for. And some of them for weeks or days, you're not allowed to 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 open them and sort them and get them ready to be prepped to be counted until election day. And on election day, the registrars and everybody are so busy handling the vote that the, the election day vote that they they literally get put in a position where they have to make sure election day works. Uh, then start counting election day votes, and when they can get to those absentee and mail in, they they do often in the middle of the night and often for days uh, because they were not allowed to do any prep work. That it did, each state's different, but there's a reason, and I think again it was important for the president to to make that clear to people, even though there'll be a bunch of people screaming that it was rigged. Uh, it's not. Well, Joe, that's a good place to end today. We're out of time. Well, listen, thanks everybody for hanging with us through this 150th show. And we'll be back the Friday after the election. Uh, I still, I want to make uh, it clear that 
I still believe that uh, Democrats will hold the Senate. I, I still, it, that's a, based on data and looking at the races. It, it could be that we're sitting in the same exact place. I mean, that we're, it's a 50-50 tie with Kamala, our vice president, breaking, breaking ties. That's my, what I really think looking at data. On the hope side, I'm hopeful that we can gain a seat or two, but I don't really see anything better than that. And, and I think the more realistic is that we hold it at least where we are and maybe gain one. On the House side, this is one of those things I just want to make it clear to people that when you have 32 seats that are toss-ups that are within a point, Saying that we'll hold it by two or lose it by 12 is the same exact prediction, the same exact number, unfortunately. It's just the way it is. They're, we, we, they're too close to know, which again gets to my, you know, kind of the realism in me says, look, we, the average loss of the House in a midterm is 30 seats. That ain't going to happen. I just don't see that. But realistically, could we lose it by eight? 12, maybe even 15. Sure. Uh, and that's sort of my realistic with the hat on, uh, looking at the data and also knowing that even I can't figure that out because there's 32 toss ups all within a point. My hope side is that uh, with 222 seats that have better Democratic performance than New York 19, which we won outperforming Biden and we outperformed in all five of the House uh, specials. There's 222 districts out there that are better Democratic performance than New York 19 that we won. And that, that gives me, on the hope side, the belief that we, we can't hold it. It's not out of the question. Uh, it'll only be by a couple of seats. But that, that just gets to what your work these last three, four days is why it's so important. Um, so join the union.us if you haven't. Join, help a campaign. Uh, if you're in a, a toss-up seat, work your heart out. If you're not and have the ability to help in, in a toss-up area, again, you can go to jointheunion.us and, and there's other places. We'll put a couple of them in our show notes. But again, thanks everyone for listening to that trippy show. If you, if you can do one more thing to help before Election Day, and Alex and I will commit to one more volunteer shift too. Go lob some calls or texts into a battleground state. Go to action.jointheunion.us. Sign up for a shift with a union partner. It really can make the difference. We'll be back next week with a Friday recap. Please subscribe to That Trippy Show and leave a review on Apple or wherever you listen. You can always send us a question to that trippy show at gmail.com or leave us a question in the review on iTunes. And a yes... You can also, after the election, if I got something wrong, send it to thattrippyshow at gmail.com and harangue me. But I, I think uh, I've been around a long time and I don't see this being a wave. See you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones 
get it done.